Hi, my name's Ian Beaton. You're about to listen to everyday people from differing backgrounds, but with one thing in common, a story. A story of adversity, a story of inspiration, a story of laughter, sometimes a story of sadness, or simply a story to make you think. I believe everyone has a story. I also believe that story should be shared. Welcome to So What's Your Story? Hey everyone, so welcome to another episode of So What's Your Story? Um, In this week's episode, I have an amazing young man, Alex Foreman. Now, Alex is a neurodivergent performer. He's actually a very, very accomplished actor and voiceover artist. Um, But Alex has an interesting background. At the age of 21, he left drama school and uh, went into a production of Beauty and the Beast. Um, Alex, unfortunately, later in life, discovered that he had some mental health issues. And the reason that Alex is, 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 a neurodivergent performer, and he happens to be an excellent performer, I have to say, in everything that he's done, right from, you know, working with the BBC to other big brands, uh, other big media companies, and some voiceover work, which at the moment he's he's, he's, he's hoping to work with one of the most recognisable brands in the world. Um, Alex was diagnosed with bipolar. And that has been an interesting journey for Alex in both, you know, personally and professionally to understand himself more, to um, go on that journey of being, uh, uh, having a diagnosis of of bipolar uh, affective disorder Um, and and just, you know, the turmoil of medication, weight gain, uh, stress, uh, just a loss of direction sometimes. But Alex... You know your story better than me. Welcome to So Watch Your Story. Um, and I had to say this, um, guess, that Alex um, is not of small frame, but he looks fabulous today because he's been working out. He's he's lost a, a lot of weight. Um, but Alex, welcome to So Watch Your Story. Thank you very much for having me in. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So where shall we start, Alex? I mean, shall we go back to, you know, where a lot of my guests go, but just, just give me some context of Alex, you know, where, where did it, where, what was growing up and where, where, where are you from? Mm. Uh, where do you live now? And, and, and how did you come to the point of decision in your life to think, do you know what? I quite fancy drama. Mm. So I um, grew up in a small town called Harridge and Dover Court. Um, and it's on the uh, coast uh, in Essex. Um, so, um, yeah, and it's a seaside town, which I kind of I nickname it Cardboard Cutout Town because everyone <laughs> sort of knows everybody and nothing really changes, <laughs> and that can be a good thing, um, but it can also be something where when you're a young person and um, you kind of feel like there's a calling, you have this calling and you just sort of, from a, a very young age, I just knew that I had to, I just, yeah, I just knew that there were bigger and better things for me out there in this massive world that we all live in. So, 
um yeah yeah and did you find yourself did you find yourself at sort of your formative early years your your school years um uh, performing for for perhaps friends family school plays this sort yeah. of thing was that was that yeah i i seen your light, your face light up a little bit then <laughs> well actually <laughs> for, sadly for many years i was bullied um and i didn't really oh, have a shit. chance sorry mate it's all right. It's fine. I didn't really have a chance to enjoy my childhood per se until um, I, I reckon until I was about uh, 10 or 11. And my life was just constant, constant bullying, uh, you know, just being chased home, bricks thrown at the house, um, wow. pins put on chairs. I know, yeah, children can be so, so, absolutely... So, 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 so physical cruel. violence then, not, uh, you know, mm. and, and, and I mean, what, you're, you're what? In your thirties now, aren't you? So we're going. So, so, yeah. so we're going back. We're going back a couple of decades, two or three decades. Um, yeah. And 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 I, I remember bullying in my day. I'm I'm, I'm older than you, Alex. Um, I, I'm I'm in my fifties. Uh, but um, bullying in our schools it took on a whole new level to 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 what you you hear about today. It was some hard shit going down. You know, there's some a lot yeah. of physical physical stuff, horrible, terrible stuff. And you were subjected to that, right? Yeah, I think the thing with bullying is everyone wants to eradicate it, but I just don't know if you ever will because we are essentially mammals um, and it's pack mentality. When there's a child that sticks out, like myself, who's tall, round, eccentric, speaks like he's from another time period... um, which I did. I spoke very articulate from a very young age. Other children can't understand it for the life of them because they all behave the same. But why is this child like? And when it really unnerves them and when it really makes them feel, they attack it like mad. Um, And it makes them feel better about themselves somehow. And Mm. I kind of feel like bullying is... It's not left me. I've been bullied. I still been literally last year. I was bullied in a in a job, uh, and uh, they all were so nasty to me. Um, and eventually, you know, me losing that job led to me getting booked for an amazing job. So things when one when one thing you think is the worst thing in the world, another amazing door opens. But yeah, back to bullying. Yeah, yeah, bullying is it's tough. It is. But when I was ten, my mum well, my mum took me out of school for six months. She had to fight so hard to get me into another primary school. But by, by, by George, I'm so glad she did because that primary school, that one year in year six was the year that Big Al was born. I, I would never be who I was today if I wasn't allowed to put silly wigs on, do the musical show and sing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. Uh, if I wasn't allowed to dress up and just be silly and just play and be you know find who i was um yeah so yeah that let me ask you, let really me ask important. you a question around that if i let me ask you a question around that if i may because i always uh, people know I've, I've done a little bit of acting i've um, you know amateur dramatics and stuff and 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 i i loved uh, school to perform drama was, was 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 almost like an escapism for me um but i felt when i was acting that i could Obviously, I could be a different character, mm. but there was more to it than that. I was kind of escaping from who Ian is to who Ian can be. Do you mm. understand what I mean? To the audience, I can be something oh, yes. else. 
And was does that resonate with you? Oh yeah. Think about it. If your life is all, yeah, it's yeah, it's escapism. It's it's the best feeling in the world because you are free of conventional reality, but you're then creating a you're in a you're in a whole other make believe reality. So Alex and all Alex's problems is all whatever you know struggles with uh, reading, writing, bull- all the bullying, all the things. But when you're on that stage in that in that moment. It's just invigorating and freeing. Yeah, that's 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 really good to hear, Alex. I just picked up something there. Struggling to read and write. So was that a was that a, 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 a an element of, of um, ongoing yeah. struggle for you as well? So I'm not just so <laughs> when I was assessed at 13 by a child psychologist. And I was diagnosed with my uh, with the autistic traits I have. It was different. It's different now. They just say they they have autism. Then, but when I was diagnosed, the the Kevin Beardsworth uh, did a report, and there was an autism circle, and then he drew all these other inter inter um, interlapping circles and said Alex has tendencies. He's got dyslexia. He has dyspraxia. He has ADHD, and he has Asperger's. So talk about a cocktail of... um, Shit, you went big time, right? Oh, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Some hinder me more than others. Like uh, my dyslexia, I'm actually quite good at reading and writing now, and I'm very good because of my craft and acting. You know, I've got very good with... um, uh, I still misspell everyday things wrong, but that will never change. It's who I am. Um, But the thing that I would say that really has hindered me over the years is the ADHD because it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to live with. And actually, the the, the bipolar and the ADHD, I never forget what a doctor said. He went, ooh, he said, mm. he said, when you have manic episode and you have ADHD, bang, like fire, like spark. It's true. Wow. It's, it's wow. hard. It could be very difficult. Wow. So, so even so, even back then, then at this very tender age of thirteen, you're being told by medical professions professionals that um, I'm going to use this terminology. There's something wrong with you, mm. right? Because that's how it often is conveyed. Mm. You know, as 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 I mean, labels. You know, I like to call them labels. Yeah, labels. Yeah. And it's kind of like funny, isn't it? Because you know, I think. Oh goodness me! Where do I go with this one? But you know, when 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 a psychiatrist is is assessing someone, and you and I spoke about this off air, um, you know, the not well. You put it in your words, Alex. T- tell me, just repeat to me what you said about the machine. Because yes. I, I love this. I love it. Just, just, okay. you, yeah. There is no machine in the world that you can put a human being into and assess their mind. Uh, and the way I described it to you was if someone's struggling with mental health, you can't put them in a big MRI. They call it the MRI mental health scanner and just go, right, you've got this. And that means we need to give you this. And it just does not work like that. And the doctors have to sit down with you. Um, like I said to you sometimes month after month, trying multiple different medications, Mm. And you could be on three, four, and uh, you know they're just they're just not working. They're not hitting you. They're not because it's it's your personality and how yeah. you live with your uh, uh, version of bipolar is completely unique and different 
to how, let's say, someone else will live with their bipolar. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great point to make. And and this is where I was hoping we could we could drill down to because when the psychiatrists bring a uh, uh, challenge, I'm going to say challenged person into the room, uh, mentally challenged. I, I don't like the word problem. Uh, for some reason, it just doesn't fit with me. Um, so, so mentally health challenged individual, what that psychiatrist in essence has to do, and, and any psychiatrist listening to this episode who, who want to challenge me on this, I'm quite happy to debate it with you, but they have to box you and pigeonhole you. Oh, right, Alex. Well, you've got uh, bipolar. So therefore, uh, we're going to give you boop, boop, boop. But like you said, Alex, what, what's, what's um, interesting is, and, and I hope I've got these numbers right, I, 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 I don't think I'm far off. There's something like 1.2 billion receptors in any one person's brain. Surround that with the hundreds of millions of chemicals that are also in our brain, natural mm. chemicals, and then you are trying to, as a psychiatrist, say, ah, well, what we'll do is we'll give you a little bit of sodium valproate, we'll give you some olanzapine, we'll give you some catiapine, and that'll yeah. fix you. It's like, really? Well, it mm. might have fixed the last patient, but actually, I'm different. So really? then you go through this experimental stage, which I know you went through, hell and high water, where it's trying to find the right solution for Alex. But what is happening with Alex in the meantime is he's having to pop the meds and just see what happens, right? Yeah, live through hell, I like to say. <laughs> I mean, it's it, that year was the worst year of my life. I had, I think I can remember having four really bad manic depressive episodes. And maybe I should explain a little bit what they can be like for people that yeah, might have yeah. never experienced or know about them. So a manic, a, a manic depressive episode they normally last between a week and a half to two weeks. And what happens is you start to progressively, you'll suffer with, uh, I'd say, like, you know, depression in terms of, like, struggling to enjoy things. Um, your appetite starts to dissipate. You become, the biggest problem is anxiety um, and, and sleeplessness, insomnia, because when those things kick in, you, you, you can't relax. And when you can't relax, you can't fall asleep. So imagine literally having two hours, three hours that night, and then that happens for four nights on the trot. You can imagine where things start to get very hazy, uh, you know, and that can then start to trigger uh, sleep deprivation problems. Um, and what all I can describe is when it takes hold, it's like a force of, of nature where the life is drained out of you. You don't want to eat. You don't want to wash. You don't want to clean. You, you, you can't enjoy watching a, one of your favorite television programs. I'll even say, you know, your sex, your sexual drive dissipates. Everything just disappears from your soul. And you just feel like this walking vessel of nothingness. And it's and it's it's horrible, absolutely horrible. I think Stephen so Fry. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, Stephen Fry. Just it's just a quick thing. Stephen Fry spoke to a man who suffered with her really really bad bipolar, and he said he would rather walk in front of a lorry because the pain of the lorry hitting him is far less than what he's going through in his mind. And I just think that's that's 
that's, that's interesting isn't it that's interesting isn't it and 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 you know i i think a lot of people don't understand why somebody would contemplate taking their own life mm. and i think mm. any life that's lost is one life too many that we lose to any mental health issue um of but would you would you agree with this alex that what's often happening to that individual is that there is this noise whatever it might be it might be a chatter it might be uh, just no calm in the mind so therefore the only way that that individual can contemplate to calm that noise is by taking their own lives mm. and and it might be that that individual is good looking popular might not be you know, just could be. So, so in other words, the outside world, how was you know? Surely this person's got no problems; they're not nothing to worry about. But it's then in that in that in those isolated moments where this 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 mind will not shut up. That I think the person who goes down the route of either contemplating or acting out a suicide event is trying to calm that End mind. And the, the pain. pain. Thank you. That's a much better way pain. of saying it. And the pain. So, um, mental health doesn't choose. It doesn't matter if you're large, thin, fat, no. seen as an Adonis. It, it doesn't. No. It, it affects any brain at any moment in time. And I think even people during the pandemic who had never had any kind of a, they would say, "No, I don't suffer with mental health." Well, that of that, that clatter, whatever the, just that cataclysmic, whatever I'm trying to say, that big posh word, that event changed, just, just completely just triggered so many people because we're not designed to stay in a cage. We're not. And I kind of in that moment, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're people and we're very social animals, very social mammals. Yeah. I, I, I always thought, I always thought it was odd to, to have a catch line of, social distance you know yeah. i mean what what actually when we pull apart the words there we're saying let's not socialize with each other no. but we're but we're bloody human beings we 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 it's in our dna you know but going back to our to our, our days on the savannah or wherever we were our tribal days we were tribes mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we we're weren't on, we weren't we, we weren't we weren't just one, and we weren't told, oh, well, you go over there and don't you come any closer than three meters, you know, to me, don't you and don't you, you know, and and all of that crap. Um, so, Alex, help us understand then, if you're comfortable sharing this, what happens when the mania kicks in? So a mania is far. I think it can be far more dangerous, far more addictive, far more intoxicating um, and harder to recognize because you know, you kind of, a lot of people with bipolar, their friends, their family start to go, well, wait a minute. They, they're the ones who start to see the personality changes. They start to see you have these amazing ideas that you never had before or you're willing to take risks. You're spending money at a rapid rate. You... You, you you you're on the go and you've had four you've had the, the biggest sign is you've had three hours kip and you're like right woo, i'm ready to go where yeah and that's that's not normal you know that's not that's not normal behavior so 
um, <laughs> and they are intoxicating because I call it beast mode. You know, I, I, I was going to the gym to try to counteract it and I was lifting weights, the heavy weights I'd never lifted before. Um, I was a, a coping mechanism I started trying to do was singing out loud on my balcony in Manchester while having a cigarette and a herbal tea. Now, I don't smoke ever, but in that period of time, singing the same rhythmic song over and over again and having a muscle relaxant and a herbal tea was the only thing that seemed to sort of settle me in, in, in a moment and try to get my concentration back. And mm. it's very, you know, and I didn't realize over the years there are my, my natural, my mind, my body is, try, is trying to do these things without me even realizing to try to get me back down to earth as, you know, as I like to call it. But it's very hard because it feels amazing. You feel like you're just on this big rush. Um, and it's hard. It's really hard. You have to recognize, I think a lot of people with, um, I, I call it, you know, living well with bipolar. You have to recognize triggers, uh, behavioral changes very early on and do things like I do things such as meditation, uh, go to the gym and exhaust myself with a workout quickly before it takes hold, write in my diary, um, have a relaxing bath. You have to, I have to do them things to stop it getting worse. Mm. Mm. And, yeah. and, you know, I think that's really interesting because you've managed to do that, but that's your own personal insights. And again, this oh. comes back to Alex. This comes back to the, 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 the individuality of, 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 of this, this, this condition. Um, because nobody knows ourselves better than ourselves. <laughs> right. Oh. So for, for, for you, for you, the, the, those, those remedies work for you. Now, oh. Let's talk about another important issue here, and 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 congratulations, by the way. I'm not I'm not tossing over that lightly because to actually be able to recognise those those symptoms yourself and think, ah, right, I I need to have a, a relaxing bath. I need to do a bit of meditation. I need to I need to to, to get to the, the gym. Right? It's you would understand this maybe as a creative, maybe and a, and someone who's dabbled in performing or done some done performing, the fact that I have the ability to look at things from a, a removed perspective, I call it, and analyze it, I think is my biggest asset. Because when I go through something, I don't just go through it, I grow through it. Do you understand? I love that. I, I know that's a motivational that. when, thing. When I've, I go through something, I'm going to repeat that. When I go through something, I don't just go through something; I grow from something, and that and that and that's yeah. incredible, Alex. That's that's just a, that's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, sentiment there and, and statement. You know, it's it's um it's so true, isn't it? You know, it might be something in in our professional life, it might be something in our personal life, it might be something in our relationship with people. We all fuck up. All of us do. Mm. And if and if you and if you talk to talk to successful people, whether that be actors or or, or, or professionals or entrepreneurs or, or homemakers or children, um, if we repeat the same pattern, you're going to get the same outcome. It's a cliched saying. If you do the same, yeah. If you do the same thing you did the day before, you'll get the same result 
as you got. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah. that's yeah, a yeah, big you know. thing. And motivational you speakers know. say, if you want to reprogram your brain and you want to achieve great things, every day you have to do something different you didn't do the day before. You have to, like I talked about going through it, don't just go through it, grow through it. When I've gone through episodes, I've had to stop and I've had to analyse and I've had to go, right, what what have I got to do? And because I've got a good memory, photographical memory, and I'm good with lines and I'm good practically with memory, I write it down in a diary. And I find once I put pen to pad, you know, brain to paper, and I write it down and I really analyse it, I never make mm. the same mistake again. Mm, that's, that's amazing. Very, that's for amazing. mental health, I, diaries are perfect. They're, they're very, very... Diaries, diaries, I recommend to anybody listening, if you have a diary, it's your way of working stuff out, giving yourself a, a, a come on, you can do this. It's a wonderful way because you have a dialogue with yourself. And when you write things down, you're invested in it like a TV drama. You're invested in it. It's Your imagination is just like, and if you mm. want to manifest things, that's another thing manifestation scribing things affirmations you're so emotionally invested and that then helps you that's, to achieve goals that, that, and that's 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 so beautiful alex thank you for sharing that with us and you know uh, people might not be you know they might like the term journal if they want to be a bit sort of you know different but journal, it's the yeah. same it's the, it's the same thing it's the same thing and and mm, i just wanted to, to mention this as well i, I met her I, I had the privilege of meeting a, a an 80 year old woman many many years ago on the train as i was traveling to london for business and we got chatting and 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 and, and she just said to me she was going to london because she she transcribed um, a word, a written word into Braille for the Royal National Institute for the Blind. And she was going to visit their headquarters. She'd never been before. And she said, oh, it's, it's great. You know, she said, but, but then again, she said, but then again, I do something new every day. I learn something new every day. And I paused and I was a young guy, young, I was in my tw late 20s or 30s, I can't remember. And I paused and I sort of thought, how do you do that then? How do you learn something new every day? So I had to ask her. And I said, I said, excuse me. I said, um, how do you actually learn something new every day? And she went, well, it doesn't have to be mammoth. She said, it doesn't have to be like today. This is a whole new thing for me, coming to London at the age of 80, 80 I think she was precisely. And um, uh, she said, if I'm struggling, I open a thesaurus or a dictionary and I learn a new word. But I'm still learning something new every day. And I love yeah. that. How nice is that? That's great. Eh? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. But, but brilliant insights, Alex. And, and let's, can we talk about this? Because this is a little, a little known fact, but anybody suffering from a mental health challenge endures this. Let's talk, and we don't need to be specific about your medications because that's private to you, but medication versus things like weight gain and yada 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 i know we spoke about this off air can you can you share a few insights on that for us please alex yeah um uh, quite a few medications that may be prescribed to for people um with mood disorders as they call them now that's what they're classed as um or even uh, I don't know, um, uh, antidepressant medication, 
borderline personality disorder. A lot of these medications have a side effect of weight gain because of the ingredients, because of what's in them. Um, and yeah, I remember I was told far too late down the line when I was like put on six stone, six and a half, I was told far too late down the wow. line by this dietitian lady you know, if you want to stay healthy and you, you you lose weight when while you're on these meds, you have to exercise very regularly and eat very well. Now, I know that to some people that's common sense, right? You know, but a lot of a lot of us don't naturally exercise. We don't we don't take it really seriously, and we don't. You know, I'm not naturally really strict seven days a week with my diet, um, and unfortunately because this is a bit of a catch 22 when you're having not, not a good time with your mental health. What do you do? You turn to food because it's a comfort. Uh, and mm. I had, I did that very much in 2019. I was very lonely in London. Didn't see many people, many friends. I mean, I did 12 acting jobs. Great. Career's going beautifully, but personal life, I was feeling very lonely and I, um, I ate a lot of takeaways and I think I must have put on about two and a half, three stone in a, in a year, which is, you know, if you, yeah, or six months even. So I, yeah, you just have to, you know, now I'm doing intermittent fasting three or four days a week. I, I consume around 1500 calories a day. Sometimes I'll, on certain fasting days, it'll be less. And I like fasting. I think fasting, it's not for everybody, but it certainly can um, keep you very sharp. And uh, mm. it, it's good discipline and it certainly helps for you to lose weight. Yeah, and, and I think it, it's a great point you're making here because it, 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 can creep, it can creep so quickly, but then the weight gain comes, comes, comes rapidly. And then, of course, you know, it becomes this, 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 this um, vicious circle that, oh, well, I, I'm fat, so, you know, sod it. Yeah. I'll just eat a bit more food. I'm not going to bother exercising. You know, because because we come a little bit self-deprecating, and 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 then and then maybe our self-esteem drops and our confidence drops, and we and we you know we just think, oh, well, I, I can't. You know, um, you know, and we come. If I dare even say, we get a little bit lazy. But but the interesting thing is, you you know that through your medication, Alex, that the best way to counter that negative is by introducing a positive. And I think that's inc an incredible message that you're putting out there and, and, and educating a lot of people um, that, that, you know, it do, you know it's, it's very easy, isn't it, when, when, when somebody says to you, oh, by the way, and, and you found out later on, which, 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 is, which, is, which is interesting in itself, but when somebody says to you, oh, yeah, take this medication, is there any side effects? Well, you know, you, you'll have to have a regular blood count and it could affect your vital yeah. organs. Blah, blah, blah. They don't usually say, oh, by the way, you'll probably gain a bit of weight as well. I want to say mm. a bit of weight. It's like a lot of weight. Lot and, of and, weight. And, 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 you know, through your advice of the, the journaling, the, the, the meditation, the exercise, the, 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 the other elements that you introduce, there's a massive important thing that you're talking about here, which is diet and exercise. Huge. Huge. Because and, and, I'll say yeah. it now, don't let it get... <laughs> The thing with, look, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I got to a point where I'm a big guy. I'm six foot five and a half. And, you know, at Christmas, I was probably nearly 27 stone. Shit. And that is, that is, as I call it, yeah, it's death weight. It's scary. It, it is. It's, it's, that's how bad it can get if you don't 
because it will just get worse and worse and worse if you don't like you know and the scare you know whereas and and you you know you were saying to about how people get to that position where they kind of go there's no point look how big i am what's the point i'm never gonna but the problem with me is it has to get because of who i am it has to get so bad that i'm scared that it scares me half to death into doing something and I think a lot of people, it gets that, it gets, we let it get to a point where it's like the doctors are saying, if you don't do this, this will, you, you know, you're going to get diabetes, you're going to have a heart attack in 10 years. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why have we left it, why have we let it get that bad? But it's not, you know, at the end of the day, like Jane, this lady said to me, you can have genetics, you could be on those medications, but it's about taking responsibility of your life and and because um, no one can do it but you. And it's routine. The biggest thing is we go for a month to the gym or we go for a month and we don't see anything. And we do it for two months. We look in the mirror and we still don't see anything. And it's yep. only after th- if you, the, th- the consistency of three months and the same diet, you look in the mirror and then you go, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, there's something definitely changed there. And yeah, then look, that's what's happening. You're looking hot. Beauty. You're looking really hot. Yeah, you're looking good. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it, you know, wow. I haven't seen that. Wow, kind of brother. Time. You're looking wow. hot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, somebody stop me. Um, but that's it. You know, it gets to that point where it's like, let's make yeah. this light hide. It's all serious. Let's do some impressions. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's a really, really interesting point. You know, g- gyms, it, it's, it's, it's known. I, I know a few gym owners and, and I used to, used to uh, uh, try and sell into some of the big chains uh, in, in my other life. And um, they all said, January, oh, it goes nuts. Because mm. what do most people do at New Year's Eve? Oh, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to lose weight. You know, yeah. Look at me, I'm, you know, especially the, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the females. I'm, I'm carrying a bit too much, you know. I'm going to get in that gym. New Year's I'm going oh, to work my ass off. I'm going to, you know, it's getting, so it's a New Year's resolution. End of Jan, it's gone from going three, four times a week to, well, you know, I think Once. I'll just watch. I just think I just, I just watch my favourite <laughs> soap, soap or you know, I've just got a bit of Netflix to catch up on. And oh, some <laughs> of the girls have asked me out, and you know, or, or listen, I'm not making this sexist because it's same same with guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same same. With guys. So a fair bit drops off a little bit more. You speak to most gym owners or, 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 or gym memberships by March, hardly anybody's going. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know all about new year's resolution that's gone that's gone you know that's gone you know so but fair play to you alex and for those listeners that are not watching the uh video content of this alex looks super duper i mean he's got bright white whiteness in his eyes he's lost a lot of weight he look he looks sharp he, he, he you look great alex and and yeah i mean Look, this is not an, this is not all about a serious podcast. This is to this is to send a, a little bit of an education out there on 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 somebody who has and does live with a um, disorder. And Alex, let's just contextualize this a little bit because from your um, efforts, your self awareness, your ongoing journey with your condition. I'm really proud of you and you must be too because you have been episode free for nearly five years now, right? Episode free of a very severe 
or you know manic episode depressive one yeah i got i experienced depression but as i like to say like everybody else i experienced it like yeah. i struggled to get out of bed it what i think this is so important people need to hear this medication do not be embarrassed to take it because don't listen to other people men need to hear this right now a lot of blokes don't care what other blokes say don't care what other oh mate you know what you don't need to say that no no if you are struggling and that medication can make you live a a more a, a more fuller well life and it helps your alter your chemical because that's what it is it just helps to alter your chemical wiring so it, your life is manageable and you can live a life like you know you know just yeah like everybody essentially like a lot of other people you shouldn't be suffering in silence no one should yeah. alex you know we, we've spoken about <clears throat> obviously how this this uh, uh bipolar has affected you um uh, throughout your 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 more formative years but what about, you know, when you were at drama school, um, you started to notice things yourself uh, be- becoming uh, a challenge. And I think mm. you said that, you know, that was stemming around stress. Yeah, um, stress. Yeah. Can you, can you just give us a bit more context, a bit more well, understanding of that? Yeah, I think college was brilliant and it was all, I loved college and, it, you know, there wasn't as much pressure. It wasn't as serious. Um, but then when I went to drama school, they were very like, this is life and death and you must do it. It's it's like a cult, if you like. And I am not afraid right now to say this. And I don't care what East 15 say, but I really do believe that the training, they've changed it now, but the training that they were delivering and putting on students was not was just not healthy for their mental health. Um, and you'd think why, in an why? industry... It was too intense. Too intense, way too intense, and way too mentally vulnerability. So do you think then, sorry, I'm, I'm going to keep cutting across you. No, no, sorry. So, so do you think then that, you know, young people who are exposed to a lot of stress, who are vulnerable to mental health challenges... Yes. ...is a trigger? I think it's a trigger. If there is... I mean, what I can't understand is, <laughs> you said it earlier, we're in an industry where it seems like a lot of creatives have been, like, you know, it's like creatives or mental health go hand in hand. Oh, wow, I've heard things now about Robert Downey Jr. His mother said, well, no one knew, but I knew, we knew he had bipolar. And that's yeah. why he suffered with addiction problems because he mm. couldn't relax or whatever, couldn't. I know Robin Williams for a fact. I've seen his behaviour. I've watched so much of him over the... I can see the manicness just boiling, but he's a genius. Genius. But had addiction problems, cocaine, drugs. Absolutely. And I think drama school... You know, it's just, I just think they have, they should have way more responsibility to take care of their actors, to take care of these young people. Because, Mm. you know, we're we're very vulnerable, I think, artists. And and, and if we've got these minds that are very susceptible and we can be very, very over emotional. Maybe not not just artistic people as well, um, Alex. There's there's, there's been some some sort of, you know, observations that people Mm. of a, high intelligence level or or, yes. or, or sort of a, a sort of quite a, a, di- a different way that their their brain functions are more susceptible yeah. but you know 
I'm concerned as well about the age yeah. drops that seem to be being yeah. recorded now. More and more young people are suffering with mental health challenges, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety, whether it be ADHD, whether it be uh, bipolar, whatever it might be, and a whole other list right behind that, racing ahead as well. What are you, are you noticing that as well, Alex? You know, society. Societally. I have a theory. Go ahead. I have a theory. I believe social media is the devil. I believe, and it sounds like I'm being cultist here, but I just think far too many young people in a world, think about how difficult it was for me at school, and we talked about my bullying. Think about how difficult that was, and there, and there wasn't even... There was no social media. There was none of that technology. But now you add technology, you add YouTube, you add phones, you add social media, you add yep. all of that toxic technology, I call it, to the mix. You're magnifying how hard it is to be young. To, to, to you, People are growing up far too quick. You're supposed to be a kid and play and enjoy being youthful I was, with my imagination, I was right up until about, you know, 11, 12, 30. You're supposed to have your childhood, for for goodness sake. Yeah. And I just think these phones, people wanted to be on TikTok. Mm. What is going on? Mm. What is and going it, on? And it's interesting it's because it's interesting because when I first put together So What's Your Story and people say to me, why do you do it? And I say, well, firstly, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm not egotistical. I, I don't quest for the limelight. It's, it's not, I don't, don't, I don't, don't really, you know, uh, want to be any part of that. But what I, what I'm trying to do through these episodes is, of course, give people something to listen to. But I'm oh, encouraging great. storytelling and talking to each other. And, and, and what concern, what concerns me is, I, I often observe in, in in a public environment when I see and look. This is not ageist. So any young person listening to this, don't be thinking, oh, yeah, Ian, that's because you're 54 years of age. You don't understand our world. Yes, I do. Okay, I do understand. And technology in very, very many veins is advantageous. But where I get a little bit knocked, if that's the right word, is when I see a family together in a public environment and everyone's on a freaking yeah. device. You know, just put the devices away and have a little chat. Talk to each other. You know, I remember I remember growing up, Alex, you know, my grandmother, rest her soul, she was an amazing person. She, she would just be beside herself today because she'd set the table and sit down and say, okay, and we'd talk. She'd look at me and say, what's up with you, Ian? You've I'd hit say, the nail, I think. You've hit you know, the nail on the head there. That, that's another thing I didn't think of that we are, these phones are like a drug and they become a singular focus. And if, you know, you're thinking back to when you were younger and I'm thinking back to when I was younger and, you know, I, I'm 31. So, you know, I'm a millennial, whatever you call it. I'm not really like old, old, um, but, you know, I, I, I what, what is old? Um, but I remember my mum, you know, being, you know, if we were on a train or we were going anywhere or we were in public, she, she, she'd entertain me. We'd do things, you know. I, but I, it, you know, being a parent, I'm not saying it's probably it is the hardest job in the world, and it's something that I couldn't do 
I know right now because of a lot of you know who I am and my you know mental health or I'm very busy with my acting career but you know they go oh you don't understand you know we, we give them the phone you know because it keeps them busy and you know but what did they do 20, 30, 40 years ago when phones weren't there. What, I, were, what I, were parents doing I, when I, that wasn't I, a thing? Yeah, I watched I watched this 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 um, scientific observation and what it shows you is there's a young toddler, okay? And the young mm. toddler is engaged with their father. There, there he's going cuckoo cuckoo, you know, and do little words, da 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 da. And he's just doing yeah. these little he's just doing these little gestures, and then he's got little right toys, again. he's got little toys, and he's playing with the child, and the child is so happy and so engaged. And then, as part of the experiment, he picks his phone up and yeah. ignores and ignores the child. Yeah. Right? I've now I know a lot of you are listening to this and you're cringing because you're thinking, oh shit, where's Ian going with this? Because this is exactly what I do. And he and he and he picks the phone up and he ignores this toddler. The toddler starts getting distressed. You can see that you can see He's the behaving. physical. Then he starts crying. And then the toddler is trying to climb onto the father to take the phone out of his hand. Now, please wow. forgive me if I'm wrong. But that's just a natural, innocent child saying, I prefer interaction with you rather than you looking at a bloody phone. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it at a bus stop. This girl, she's on her phone and I don't know, the child was probably about three or four and she's staring at her phone. And what he's doing is he's hitting her, right? But... He's he's not doing it stupidly hard. He's playing a game. He's hitting her because he wants to see her reaction. And then she shouts at him really loudly and aggressively. She goes back to her phone. He, he does it again. She gets even angrier and more aggressive. And I just keep seeing it. And I'm like going, all your child wants to do is play a game with you and have your attention but all you care about, and in that moment is sat on your bottom, disengaging and everything, and just focusing on the phone. And children aren't stupid. You know, children need, unfortunately, it's just the way, it's just how we're, like, human children need that in the connection, the play, for a long period of time to, to, to learn, to, to be a brilliant, wonderful human being as they get older, because, you know, that playfulness, the learning, what's wrong and right, it's listening the, to the, how your the, parents the, talk with you. The, yeah, it's the dimensions that that, that make us whole. And, and I think, and I think you're making a great point there as well about this, 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 this. Uh, often, <laughs> it is, it's often even self-given uh, 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 judgment or or people around us who, who, who mean best for us or, or, or sometimes perfect strangers who just don't understand. And, and, or an and, older and, generation. Or an older generation. That's a very good point as well. That, that you know, um, uh, oh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not feeling great today. Oh, you know what that is? That'll be your bipolar. Well, actually, oh, yeah. I'll actually piss off because just, a bad just, ju ju just just because like normal people, and I hate that word because I saw, I, I challenged someone to, once, uh, a psychiatrist. Um, yeah. I said, "Please, what is normal?" 
or is it because is your it? perception of normal is very different to my perception of normal so i actually don't think there is such a thing as normal so but anyway that's just a personal matter of opinion on the word normal but let's just use it for this for the context of this conversation um when someone says to you oh, oh you know i'm, I'm not fair it's, it's, it is everybody has good days and everybody has bad days if you if you say anything different you're a fucking liar <laughs> you know what makes us human what makes us human absolutely some days we feel amazing some days we're we, we're not you know we're not yeah you, and alex is gesturing there a roller coaster well yeah it, it does well, not no, exactly more peaks and troughs my godfather said troughs yeah he said, and I think it's been the most useful advice he's really given me this year because I was beating myself up. I had no self-tapes coming in. I'd done a massive job last year. I thought my whole world, thought my whole life was going to change and it didn't. It went completely like... Uh, and that is just the nature of the game of being uh, an artist, a performer. Um, but, I, but I'm very much what I see... And what's happening now around me, I think, well, that means I'm a failure. I'm awful. I'm not working. I'm a failure. Yeah. That's just what a lot of it is. What, but what we, you know, what, what my mum said to me, she was like, Alex, she's like, yes, you may not be working now and it may be quiet, but you've achieved more in your life at 31 than some people have achieved at 45. And I just kind of went, okay, all right, mum. It made me, it made me sort of, and I went, I went home that night and I wrote down every job I'd done. And I was just like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, okay. Just stop being so hard on yourself, Al. You, you've yeah, done... pick, pick, yeah, you know, let, let's, let, let's give ourselves a pat on the back. Yes. And let's, let, let's remind ourselves of, of, of those successes. What, mm. what you missed off there, Alex. What did your godfather say to you? What did he say? Sorry, I missed that off. He just said, life is full of ups and downs. It's never going to be amazing all the time. And why would you want it to be? Because how could you appreciate those wonderful moments like right now I'm working and I've got an amazing voice tape. How can I enjoy this if I haven't, you know, had a, a lower period? Because it's the yin and the yang. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's life, It's a little bit it? like, go on, do us the impression, Alex. It's a little bit like... <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot now. <laughs> it's a little bit like um, Tom Hanks in, in uh, you know, the famous line about the box of chocolates. Can you do that See, one for people us? People get, it's, people misquote it and it's a laugh's like <laughs> chocolates, but, but it's apparently it's not life is like a box. It's it's like life, it can be like a box, something else. But it's like, I know what you mean. You never know what you're going to get. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. So for the, for those who haven't watched Forrest Gump, and it's one of my favourite films, um, I, I love that film. I love the character in the play, and, and I love the message behind Very it all. And it's just it's, it's amazing. Forrest is is a little bit sort of you know um, slower than most, uh, but certainly not at running. Um, and, uh, and 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 there's a scene in the film, and he, he says, you know, Mama used to say, "Oh, come on, Alex, help me out." Mama used to say, "Laugh is like." Box of chocolate. That's Mama used to say, "Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get." Some, something like that. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't watched the film in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> 
and 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 let's talk let's let's switch a little bit gears here alex let's talk about your successes come on mate you, yes. you've done some you've done some incredible stuff over the years uh, toss us out there toss us out there some of the stuff that you've done who you've worked with I have to be careful about <laughs> yeah but i i have to be so careful now about what i say because i've signed several legal ndas but you've done some you've done some great stuff you've done some great stuff in the past oh yeah i've played pantomime dames in in uh, uh, some beautiful theatres across the you know in England, um, I've done twelve adverts in the space of two and a half years, which I think is pretty insane because you know adverts yeah, are very hard to book. Yep. But um, yeah, you know I I, um, I kind of had a, I, a you know a bit sort of a I think working class sort of a bloke with a beard. My beard was bigger than what it is now, and I you know, had a belly on me and that was in you know that that sort of I mean I'm not putting myself down you know I kind of in 2019 when actors could audition in the room I will say that's gone now that doesn't really happen anymore um I felt like I'd kind of worked out the the what I just worked out the um the equation of what I needed to do uh and I think being autistic and looking at the world a bit like a computer game not like, oh, you know, but in metaphorically, I just worked out all these different things that I would execute every time I went. And um, it got to a point where I'd auditioned for one, uh, for an advert, and then I got two recalls, and then I auditioned for another one, and I got one recall, and then I auditioned for one yeah. and another one, and I got two back to back. And I was like, I'm knocking the statistics out of the park here now. Um, yeah. And I've also, yeah, so, but what I can say is I was in a big TV show for HBO. Um, called the Nevers, which sadly didn't do brilliantly, so it's not been brought back. But um, mm. that was in that was released in 2021. Um, it's funny because you know we're going to listen to you on this this episode, and and we listen to your your your, your natural voice. But th- there's loads of things you've done. So I'm wondering, Alex, and I spoke to you about this as, as a little challenge. Yeah. I love to do accents, and I like to think I'm not bad. Um, but you're shit hot. So shall shall we have a little bit of fun? Shall we have shall we have a couple of minutes or, or, or maybe less? I don't know. How Listen, I don't mind, bro. If you want to start throwing voices around, I'll do that. It doesn't bother me oh. at all, all right? Oh, Alex, are you trying to tell me that you are from South Africa now? Because exactly, bro. I can take a pick up on that bloody accent like that. But All right. Know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the Afrikaans are very funny. It's the Afrikaans. I, I can't, you know, sometimes it's bloody difficult for me. You have to but, look at the past um, and understand where you are going and where you are not going because you may fall off the cliff. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. My pro- my problem with this one is that I tend to slip into Indian when I'm doing it for so no, long. We have to and be then careful. I'm like, I don't know because I don't want people to complain <laughs> and say that we are not allowed to do that. You know, this <laughs> is. Oh. Well, this is the problem. It's like, are we now crossing the line where we are not being PC? I mean, I'm well, asking you, but um, maybe maybe if we switch over to America, of course, you know, I where think everything, that's, yeah, you know, like everything is awesome, and I'm going to start talking over you, Alex. Oh, you know, my I God. am. You're going to get louder. No, please stop this. Oh, my God. Make yourself feel better, okay, about the situation. Oh, don't. Please do not. I mean, come on. Please do not. Don't even. Come on. Talk to the hand, right? Yeah, you listen here, all right? I'm not having you put 
Put your hand up in my face. All right. I don't appreciate that. I'll just get it. Well, you around. take that finger away. You take that finger away right now. Oh, oh, because oh, I'm telling oh, you, I'll put you my whole dead. hand there. Then, then, then we'll have a real problem. We'll settle this outside. Well, you know what? If we're going to settle it outside, right. Alex, I'm kind of thinking that if you're not bloody careful, I'll stick the chin on you. How's about that? I don't mind. Listen here, Lang. I can tell you, bite a damage. We'll just go to Saki Hall. get saved. Get away, bash. And we'll just start, you know, processing how hard we're going to do it. Can you get some boxing gloves on? Are we going to go MMA? You know what I mean, like? I don't really know boy, but I'll tell you this much. After we've had a good old fucking shindig together, we'll have a wee dram afterwards, all right? Ooh, yes, dear. It was a rub by Freddy. Some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them, dear? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you know, the you know, Mercedes. Oh, lover boys here. And then, of course, you know, we could go down over to Ireland where, you know, they talk dependent on which part of Ireland you're going to. What do you think about that down there. there, Alex? Yeah, it depends. Like you're trying to talk like Colin Farrell, you know, it's uh, Colin Farrell going down there. That's great. Oh, yeah, I love working on that. That's great. You know, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Or you're going to go up there now and say, listen here now. We're going to go up there. We're going to go up there where the Dairy Sisters are from. You know, where? Yeah, you, the, give me yeah. a bit of that, Alex. Alex. Listen Can you here do any now, of that? I don't, I don't appreciate you coming in here now, all right? This is my pub, and I will take you out blind, sunshine. You understand that now? <laughs> Elfaf, <laughs> shit, sorry. Get very <laughs> you're, proper, you're proper getting to me there. So, um, yeah. listen, we just had a little tour. We just had a little tour around the UK and around internationally. That was fun, Alex. I tell you, ma'am, you're, you're awesome. You're awesome. So... Let's let's start to, uh, 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 we've covered a lot of ground today. Thank you for sharing some insights and some of your own personal experiences and a lot of your pain points as well. It's really humbling to listen to that and, and you, you to be as transparent as you are. I hope that we've given some of our audience some insights and some uh, education, possibly, if mm. we can call it that. But where is the future looking right now for Alex? You've got a number of projects you're working on. I know some you can, some you can't talk about, you know. The future's but, um, bright. Where, 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 the future's bright. Good. That's what we'd like to hear. Oh, sorry, I was quoting um, um, EE. The future's bright. The future's orange. <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, dear. I do remember that. Um, advert. Yeah. I, I mean, for the younger generation, yeah. there was an advert. There was an advert that used to knock around, <laughs> and it was, and it was, um, it was, it was, it was, it was a network provider called Orange. I don't even think they're out there anymore. I'm not sure. But um, uh, their, their, their tagline. They're EE, are they? But their tagline was, the future's bright, the future's orange. Now, I'm sort of surmising that at some point, Alex, you might have twisted that and said, the future's bright, the future's Alex. Yeah. You know what? It works. I like that. <laughs> That's good. That's my new slogan. The future's bright, the future's big Al. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so, so so, so yeah, so you've got some projects working on. Uh, what, what's where, where, where do you want to? What's your any aspirations, goals? What, what well, do you want to achieve? This this is my mantra, and it's a big one. But you've got to dream big to become the next uh, biggest actor. Um, but to become the next biggest comedic actor of my generation. 
That's beautiful. So, you heard it here. You heard it. You heard it first here. Well, you probably didn't because Alex has probably said it to lots of other people as well. But no. on so watch his story. On so watch his story today. We have had Alex Foreman, who I believe that, and I do genuinely believe this because I think you're an amazing guy and I think you're amazingly talented. Um, that we are going to read that name and instantly recognize who this guy is so um alex it's been an absolute pleasure let me just wrap up by saying people agents uh, 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 uh talent spotters general public uh, whoever and anybody how, what's the best way to reach alex foreman well um i'm on instagram as alex foreman actor um at at Alex Foreman and Foreman's F O R M A N. No, E, I don't sell grills. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm on, yeah, I think that's the main platform that I sort of push with my yeah. acting. Some people are, I mean, I'm, I'm on TikTok, but I do, it's kind of like I do impressions, all my impressions on TikTok. Um, okay. But I suppose if you were, if you wanted me to perform or be part of your TV show or anything or any opportunity where you'd love to book me for voice work or anything like that, I, I'm represented by the most wonderful agent in the world called Lenny Veravides um, at MSFT Management. Um, and that, that, that wonderful uh, woman has worked such miracles and also is one of the most supportive and understanding people I've ever met um in terms of the you know neurodivergency and mental health i don't know where i'd be without her um and i and i, and I just think she she you know really um, she just yeah she's very supportive um and i don't think I, this isn't me insulting i don't want to insult any of the industry or anything like that but i think she's one of the best agents in london right now in terms of really caring and oh this is probably not the right thing to say but i don't know i just feel like she's very attentive really you love it a bit you i love it a bit basically all the other agents are wonderful i love them all i do yeah we love them we love them all we love them all and and you love you love um msft management msft management so if you wanted to book me um lenny veravides at msft management she's the lady to talk to Big shout out to Lenny. Big respect to Lenny. Alex, yeah. this has been incredible. I've loved being in the studio with you. I've loved listening to the serious Same bits here. and the important bits, but I've also loved having a bit of fun with you. And I'll leave it for everybody to decide whose accents were the best. But my money's on you. <laughs> well, as Hagrid would say, I've had a wonderful time. I'm just off to go and walk Fluffy the dog. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate. Take See care. See you later. Bye. I think you'll agree, that was quite a story. Join me again for next week's episode of Ian Beaton's So What's Your Story? If you enjoyed this episode, it meant something to you, or maybe you think a friend or a loved one might like to listen to it too, go ahead and share it with them. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share, or perhaps you know someone who does, I invite you to join me on my podcast. I can be contacted by email, web, or social. Thank you. You've just listened to So What's Your Story?